All right, it's good to be back with you this evening, and I trust that every one of you are doing well tonight. And we have, Nikita and I have certainly enjoyed ourselves this week, and I know that I said it earlier in the week, but definitely was, I'm always nervous when I, I stand before God's people and open up God's book and uh, preach. Uh, but especially uh, to a church, and I know that I've been here and I look back at my notes and I think it was 2015 uh, when, we, when we were here last, I believe on a Wednesday night, uh, but never uh, preached a revival, never really spent much time uh, with the marshals and, and we were uh, definitely nervous and all that, uh, uh, just coming in, being around them, being around the church and preaching, but I do say this, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Um, it's been a cool drink of water uh, in a dry land this week, and uh, just for my wife and I, and uh, we've. Uh, it was our desire to come and be a blessing, but definitely uh, we're leaving blessed, and I, I appreciate uh, that very much. And I, I and I and I'm thankful for all the kind things that that you've done for us. Uh, but I'm talking about what God has done in our heart. Uh, in the services this week, and I, I appreciate uh, that very much. And um, and I know you already know this, but uh, you, you definitely uh, have got a good church here, Amen. And you you you, you got a good man of God, and I'm. It's it's a blessing. It's a blessing to have a, a pastor, isn't it? I, I, I've always uh, I, I've always believed uh, in the local church. I'm a local church evangelist, and uh, I've always uh, uh, submitted myself under the authority of the local church and uh, my pastor, and I'm thankful that I've got a pastor. I, I was, uh, I, I'm just going to be completely transparent with you. I was, uh, I was physically tired uh, this morning, and uh, I texted my pastor, and I said, I'm, I, I'm physically tired, but I'm, I've been spiritually uh, blessed, and uh, I said, I just would covet your prayers if you'd pray that uh, my voice would hold out, and just uh, my mind and uh, my body, and he said, you have time to call me, and I and I called him, and, and he, he uh, we talked a little bit, just was telling him about the church here, the ministry here, and he, and he said, Brother Dallas, he said, he said, you're, he said you know, uh, when the coach was... Uh, uh, telling you when you were doing push-ups out there on the field and uh, the coach was telling you uh, to do 20 push-ups and you were right there at 18 and, uh, and, and you, were, uh, you were getting weak, your arms were getting weak and he said 18, 19, 20 and you finally got through with 20 he said give me three more and how you had more strength uh, to get uh, three more in and he said, uh, uh, you had more strength doing 21, 22, and 23 than you did 18, 19, and 20. He said, just give me three more, amen, just preach three more. And, uh, and I was thinking in my mind, uh, preacher, the only push-up I know is about those orange sherbet push-ups, amen. I don't know anything what you're talking about, amen, but, but uh, anyhow, I, it's been good to be here. I got me a nap uh, this afternoon, I, I feel... Uh, Feel good today and I or tonight, and I'm looking forward to seeing what God is going to do. I, I told my wife, I said I, I was uh, got home this afternoon, and I and I asked her to get me something, and she said, "Can you give me just a minute? I'm busy." Or she said, "You can get it yourself." And I I said, "Well, didn't you hear what the preacher said?" 
he said every sermon that I've preached this week is about an equivalent of eight hours uh, worth of work. And I said, as far as right now, I've already worked 96 hours. And she said, well, I've had to listen to you 96 hours, amen. So, but anyhow, that's the kind of wife I got. You pray for me. No, I'm just kidding. It, it's been a tremendous blessing to have uh, Nikita with me. And uh, boy, boy, she, uh, she adds so much uh, to the ministry, and I'm thankful that she's uh, with me. Thank you for everything. I'm talking about uh, the goodie basket, the, the meal Saturday night. Is it the hoof and horn? The hoof and horn, and boy, all the meals. Uh, if you've been, and, I, and I know that you're not looking for this, I, and I hope I'm not even overstepping my boundaries, but if you worked on the cooking team this week, would you just stand up? Would you just stand up if you've worked on the cooking team this week? Or... Let's give them a hand, amen. I'm going to have to fly on cargo tomorrow, but anyhow, I appreciate, the, I appreciate them and I appreciate all the good meals uh, at the Marshall's house. And um, we have certainly... I've uh, uh, been blessed this week to be here. Thank you so much, Brother Marshall, for the invitation uh, to be here at your church tonight. Uh, Isaiah chapter number 41. Good to have our friends um, from uh, Trenton, Missouri, Liberty Baptist Church there in Trenton. Uh, Brother Wilson's back there. Good to see uh, some of the families here uh, from Trenton, the Millers and the Ellers, and uh, thankful that they're here uh, tonight. Isaiah chapter number 41. Uh, let's all stand tonight as we take reverence to the reading of the Word of God. Isaiah in chapter number 41. I'm going to read verse number 10 tonight. Isaiah chapter number 41 and verse number 10. The Bible says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Brother Andrew, would you open us up in prayer tonight, please, sir? Amen. You may be seated tonight. Unless you are at least 104 years old tonight, you have never lived in an America that is experiencing days like we're experiencing in 2020. Where there's been mandates where church buildings had to close down or have a certain amount of people inside the church for a particular period of time. It happened during the Spanish flu days of 1916. And I, as I was doing some research on that particular subject of the Spanish flu, I was... I was uh, interested in the fact that 
Probably one of the greatest songs about the love of God was written in those days in the year 1917 that says the love of God is greater far than Tonger Pen can ever tell. It reaches to the farthest sky and reaches to the lowest hell. And America has experienced some very difficult days in the last three and a half, four months. And especially those of us that are saved by the grace of God and love to be at the house of God and desire to be at the house of God. It's been some very difficult days when we couldn't assemble together as a church family. And can I say this evening, and I I told Brother Marshall, Brother Marshall didn't say, Brother Dallas, don't do this or don't do that, but I told him Saturday night when he dropped me off and Nikita and I were headed to the motel, I said I'm not even going to mention the term of what's all going on here in America uh, with uh, uh, with uh, uh, infection that's going on across America. I'm not even going to mention the term. But I guarantee you tonight in the hearts and the minds of every single one of us tonight, that term is more serious today than it was in mid-February or early March. And I've known some men, and I'm not belittling uh, the, the, the infection. I'm not, in, uh, I'm not belittling that at all. I've known some men that have been knocking on death's door. One preacher friend in particular, where his wife called me at least two times and said, Brother Chris, I don't know if my husband's going to make it through the night. So I understand that it's very serious. And I remember as I was leaving Lexington, the middle of March, and still it didn't really mean much to me about that term that we've heard so many times in days past. But I flew to North Carolina. I flew into, I believe, either Raleigh or Charlotte, somewhere there in North Carolina. And I was preaching in Roanoke Springs, North Carolina, and I never met the preacher before, didn't know what the preacher looked like at all. He invited me to come preach about a year and a half before that, and uh, he picked me up there on the curbside and didn't really know him very much at all, and, and, and as I got in the vehicle with him, he began to tell me about the seriousness of it in his town and how, how businesses were shutting down and restaurants were shutting down and that's when it began to become very serious in my mind when he began to tell me about the restaurants shutting down. He began to tell me about the church may have to shut down before the revival service is even over. And I remember that week and I was able to finish the revival and I remember that week as I would sit there in the motel room hour after hour watching the news and how fear began to grip my heart. I remember trying to check with the airline for an earlier flight home to leave the meeting early. And I began to call my wife as she was cool and collective on the other end. And as I was panicking on the other And I told her of my plans of getting on an earlier flight and leaving the revival early. 
And she made a statement on the other end. She said, Chris, she said, don't you think the people that are in that church are a little bit fearful as well? She said, why don't you just grab your Bible and help those people with the Word of God because they need help as well. And I got off the phone with her and I began to talk to a preacher friend of mine, one of the dearest, or the dearest friend other than the Lord and my wife, Brother Curtis Bobo that pastors the Grace Baptist Church in Hope, Arkansas. And he began to tell me about the word dismayed. And he said, Brother Chris, the Bible says, be not dismayed. That word dismayed means to panic. He said, Chris, he said, we're not supposed to panic. God's children are not supposed to panic. As I got off the phone with him, I sat there and still the news was blaring there on the television set. And those news reporters just kept on and kept on saying, That America is going to come back bigger and better than ever. But never one time, Brother Wilson, did they ever mention the name God in that statement. And as I was sitting there in a chair backed up to the window there, that motel, and the television set was on, and the news was blaring on the television set, and saying that America's going to come back bigger and better than ever and never one time mentioned God. There's the bed right there in the motel room. And I looked across the bed there and there was an end table on the other side of that bed. Not this Bible, but a reading Bible that I carry with me on the road. And I saw that Bible there on that end table. And I saw it shut there on that end table. And God began to convict my heart that I was more concerned in what his creation was saying than the creator himself had to say about the matter. Can I say I'm not against you whatsoever tonight if, if you watch the news or if I'm not against you, I'm not on agenda against you tonight. But can I say from that day unto this day, I haven't watched one second of the news. But I promise you this, in these days, I've spent more time in that Bible. I've spent more time on my knees, and I've spent more time spending time with God in these days. You'll find here in Isaiah, let me read the verse for you again. Isaiah says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. You'll find that the book of Isaiah, it consists of 66 books or 66 chapters divided into two parts. You'll find the book of Isaiah is a mini Bible in its structure. You'll find there's 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 books in the New Testament. Isaiah has 66 books that's divided into two parts. The first 39 chapters of Isaiah, it deals with God's people during and in their captivity. The last 27 chapters deal with God's people after their captivity. 
And our text tonight is in the second half of Isaiah. And Isaiah is giving a message to not only convict the Babylonians, but also to comfort the Israelites. And I want to I want to focus tonight on that comforting aspect this evening. And can I say tonight, church, we understand that we're living in difficult days, but as we preach this week, my friend, the question tonight is not, will God's children go through the storms of love? The question is, what will we do when we go through the storms of life? And I want you to notice the language tonight. God is speaking directly to his people through Isaiah. And this verse is a very positive and a very encouraging verse. You understand, they were captives. They were prisoners in the land of Babylon. They found themselves there because of their disobedience to God. But God never forgot about them. Matter of fact, God had prophets that preached and prophesied concerning getting right and what was to come to them if they did not get right. God never intended for his people to stay in captivity. Isaiah's message was one of peace and hope in a world of war and despair. I'm glad tonight this Bible, as old as it is, it's still relevant today, amen, and it can still get you and I through the troubles and trials of life, even in the year 2020, amen. In 1939, the beginning of World War II, the British government produced a motivational poster. That poster was intended to raise the morale of the British public which were threatened with widely predicted mass air attacks on major cities in Great Britain. Two and a half million copies were printed, and although the mass air attacks known as the Blitz did take place, the poster was only rarely publicly displayed and was little known until a copy was rediscovered in the year 2000 in a local bookstore. That poster simply read these words, keep calm and carry on. That's the message I believe tonight that Isaiah was portraying to God's people. Just keep calm and carry on. Fear not was his exact message. And there's one word that really stuck out to me as I read this verse, and that's that word dismayed. That word dismayed means to deprive of strength or firmness of mind, which constitutes courage. It means to discourage, to dishearten, to sink or depress. It means to panic. And God was saying, I don't want my people to dismay. I don't want you to panic. He was reminding them that he was still with them, although he seemed distant. He was still there God although they seemed alone. He was still their strength and their help although they felt like they were weak and helpless. And the world around them had changed but God did not change. And his amazing message to them was just keep calm and carry on. It's amazing How much our world and our lives have changed in these three and a half or four months. Not everyone, but America as a whole, what we have gone through in these days has just showed us 
in America how spoiled and self-dependent we are as a nation, as a people. It seems that uh, not, not everyone, but across the board, it seems that God's people have become a faithless people. The world sent boo and God's people jumped. The word panic means a sudden fright, particularly a sudden fright without real cause or terror inspired by trifling cause or misapprehension of danger. I'm I'm not making light of what has gone on and, and, and been declared in our nation, but I am addressing the unnecessary state of panic that people are in, especially God's people. Can I say tonight, let the world lose their minds, but let God's people just keep calm and carry on for God. The Bible says... In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Child of God, just keep calm and carry on for God. You understand the Christian has something very different inside of us that the world doesn't have. We have God, the Holy Spirit. And this evening, I want to take just Isaiah 41, verse number 10, And I want to give us five reasons tonight, not just through this storm, but the next storm and the next storm and the next storm that you and I can just keep calm and carry on for God. I want you to look at with me tonight five reasons right here in Isaiah chapter 41 and verse number 10. Isaiah said, Fear thou not. For I am with thee. Can I say tonight, you know why you and I can just keep calm and carry on through the storms? Because number one, God is present. Amen. God is present. He said, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Thank God my Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 5, that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. You understand, in my travels in evangelism, here in just about a month and a half, my wife will work back at the college there in Lexington. And and there'll be times where I'll leave my wife in Lexington and I'll go preach across the country somewhere but you understand I left her but I didn't forsake her but I thank God I serve a God in heaven that can't do either one thank God he doesn't leave us nor forsake us he's present with us amen I'm thankful for that tonight he was with Adam and Eve in the garden he was with Moses through the wilderness wanderings he was with Joseph while he was in the pit, the prison, and the palace. He was with Elijah in the cave and on the mountain. He was with David as he slew Goliath. He was with Daniel in the lion's den. He was with his people in Babylonian captivity. He was with Paul in prison. And tonight, folks, we don't have to wait for God to show up or send someone to go get him. Thank God he's omnipresent tonight, my friend. Can I say, he's with our missionaries tonight across the globe, Amen. And every single one of us are in a different stage and a different place in our lives. But fear not. Keep calm and carry on because God is present. He said in Isaiah 43, verse number 2, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. 
When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. He assured his people back in Isaiah's day that when they passed through the water, the rivers, or the fire, everything was going to be all right because he was with them. Folks, the same is true today. We have an ever-present God. The Bible says in Psalm 118, verse number 6, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? Child of God, mark it down. When we can't see God, you mark it down. God sees us tonight. Amen. Thank God he's present. Number one, we can keep calm and carry on because child of God, God is present. Look at number two. Look what he says. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed. Look what it says. For I am thy God. You know why we can keep calm and carry on? Because not only is God present, but number two, God's personal. He said, I am thy God. The phrase, my God, is used 148 times throughout the Bible. And God wanted to let his people know that he was not just the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He's not just the God of Moses and Elijah. He's not just the God of David and Solomon. Can I say he was a personal God to each and every one of them? And he's a personal God to each and every one of us. Can I tell you, young men, that have surrendered to God's will this, this, this week or, or in recent days to preach the word of God? Can I tell you, my friend, he's not just the God of Brother Marshall and the God of Brother Andrew, but he's your God. Can I tell you tonight, Miss Katie, he's not just the God of David Brainerd, but he's your God that'll be with you on the mission field Thank God tonight, he's a personal God, amen. I'm thankful he's my God. He's my God, he's mine. I don't have to go to some man wearing a dress, sitting in a porta potty to confess my sins to God. Thank God there's one God and one mediator between God and man. That's the man, Christ Jesus, amen. My Bible says in Hebrews chapter four, verse number 14 through 16, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passing to the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Child of God, I'll tell you tonight why you and I can just keep calm and carry on. Because he's a personal God, amen. He's a personal God. Look at verse number 10, Isaiah chapter 41. Can y'all still hear me? Everybody all right? All right. I'm sounding like Nikita more than Chris, amen. Look at number three. The Bible says, fear thou not, for I am with thee. He's present. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. He's personal. I will strengthen thee. Can I say number three, God is powerful. God is powerful. 
Can I be very plain and simple with you this evening? Our God is not some weak, anemic old man sitting up in heaven, wringing his hands, worried about what's going on down here on earth. David said in 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse number 33, God is my strength and power, and he maketh my way perfect. God's the very definition of power. There's nobody like God. He's omnipotent, which means containing all power, supreme authority. Can we be reminded? It's God's power that allows mankind to breathe. It's God's power that spins the earth on her axis. It's God's power that causes the sun to rise in the east and set in the west. It's God's power that holds the stars in the sky. It's God's power that parted the Red Sea. It was God's power that made the fire to fall on Mount Carmel. It was God's power that shut the mouth of the lions. It was God's power that fell on the day of Pentecost. It was God's power that filled the Apostle Paul. It's God's power that filled you young men to preach the word of God. Thank God he's not limited in his power, amen. I'll tell you why I keep calm and carry on because he's still powerful. It's God's power through his word that takes a cold, hard heart and softens it into moldable clay. It's God's power that can take a lost sinner and pull them out of the miry clay and set them upon a rock of salvation. Child of God, it doesn't matter what you and I are going through. No matter how dark the day or how long the night, Keep calm and carry on because he's still powerful. For me to stand here tonight and I can't remember if I've told you this story or not but after 13 times you don't remember it either, amen? But for me to stand here tonight and tell you that I wasn't a little bit fearful just of the unknown in the early days of what's going on here in America, I wouldn't be honest in saying that. I began to become fearful. And God has faithfully taken care of us all these years in evangelism, and God's been extra, extra good to us. But at seven weeks of meetings just completely wiped off the calendar, I began to become very fearful. And when I was there in North Carolina, I flew back home and I got the phone call for the preacher that I was supposed to preach the next meeting for, and I knew as soon as the phone rang, I knew why he was calling me. He was calling me to cancel the meeting. And then the next two or three days, the next seven weeks just completely wiped off the calendar. And I remember going to church that Sunday, the first time in, I guess, 13 years that I hadn't preached somewhere on a Sunday. And I remember going to church there that day, and my pastor faithfully fed me from the Word of God, and strengthened me from the Word of God and just helped me get through that day. And I remember going back home that afternoon and sitting in my office and I knew that we were just limited to online services and I just began to write some ideas down. And, you know, even though that we're limited, God's not limited and God can do anything with anything. Amen. And I remember going to, texting the preacher that afternoon. I said, preacher, I said, what do you think about having an online revival? And he said, Brother Dallas, he said, I've been thinking about the same thing. God's laid that on my heart as well. He said, why don't we talk after church tonight? And so we talked after church that night. And the next day, we had a staff meeting there, and we put together the Hope for Today online revival. And the very first preacher that called me, I'd never been with him before. 
I was preaching out in Iowa, and he was at a preacher's meeting. And after that preacher's meeting was over, he asked me, he said, Brother Dallas, he said, would you come and preach for me? And we put something on the calendar about a year later. And uh, I'd never been with him before, never been with him or his people. Didn't know him very well. And that day when he called me, he said, Brother Dallas, he said, give me your address. And he said, I still want to send you something, even though uh, you're not able to preach. He said, I want to send you something uh, uh, for uh, having to counsel you. And I, I didn't have any idea what he was going to send, what he was going to give. And so that Monday and Tuesday, I was to preach the Hope for Today revival. And there were some others, uh, our preacher and his brother and our youth pastor preached Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And that Monday, I got up and preached and the Word of God and uh, boy, my heart was heavy and still just fearful of the unknown because it was all new at that time. And I remember after I got through preaching, I walked outside the auditorium there and walked into the parking lot. One of our good golly deacons, Brother Tyra, Brother Tyra just buried his precious wife just a few weeks ago. Brother Tyra flicked his lights on at me and he told me to come over there to his truck. And I went over there to his truck and Brother Tyra shook my hand there that day and he put some cash in my hand and he said Brother Dallas he said you and Nikita get up in the morning he said y'all go to the grocery store and you stock up your refrigerator he didn't have to tell me that twice amen I promise you that we got up that next day we stocked our refrigerator Tuesday evening when I was headed to the church I stopped by the the, the, the mailbox and picked up the mail and just threw it on my dash. And I had a rush to the church to preach that night, that Tuesday night. And I preached that Tuesday night. And as I was, as I was uh, walking outside the church and walking to the parking lot, Brother Tyra was there again. And he flicked his lights on at me. And I'm thinking to myself, I know I'm a big old boy, but I haven't eaten all the groceries yet. Amen. And Brother Tyra called me over there and he handed me a CD. And he said, Brother Dallas, he said, I want to give you this CD of my daughter and my granddaughters. And I saw the picture on there, and I knew it was his daughter and granddaughters, but I didn't pay attention to the title, didn't pay attention to any songs that were on the CD. And I knew when I checked the mail earlier that day that there was an envelope there from the Central Baptist Church in Moline, Illinois, but I, I, I just, just threw it on the dash there and just really didn't pay attention to it. And I unwrapped that CD there, and I put the CD in the player and still not even paying attention to the words of the song that were playing through my speakers. And I was opening up that mail and the first piece of mail that I was opening was that envelope with the Central Baptist Church information on it in Moline, Illinois from Brother Bevins. And I opened up that envelope there. And when I opened up that envelope, it was a very sizable check inside that envelope. And when I looked at that check, the tears began to stream down my face. And Brother Andrew, I looked at the title of that first song and even the title of the CD and the words that were playing on that CD was Every Need Supplied. 
And can I say God so to my heart right there once again. I don't care what storm you're going through. I'm still powerful as I was when I saved you. I'm still as powerful as I was when I called you to preach. And child of God, I'll tell you tonight why you and I are going to be okay. Because David said, I've been young and now I'm old. But never have I seen the righteous forsaken nor seen begging bread. I'll tell you tonight why the church is going to be okay. Because Jesus said, thou art Peter and upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He's still powerful, amen. He's still a powerful God. Child of God, just keep calm and carry on. You say, Brother Dallas, it's hard for me to keep calm when you're yelling at me like that, amen. Can I say tonight? He's present. He's personal. He's powerful. Look what it says. Look at Isaiah 41, verse number 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. I'm present. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I'm personal. I will strengthen thee. I'm powerful. Yea, I will help thee. Let me tell you why tonight we can keep calm and carry on because God is my protection. Jeremiah said in Lamentations 3 verse number 22 it is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. We're not consumed, we're not destroyed because of the very protection of God. The psalmist said in Psalm 61, verse number 3, For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tire from the enemy. Child of God, God really is a shelter in the time of storm and in the midst of this storm that we're going through, in the midst of the storm that you may be going through tonight. You understand, those of you that have storm shelters, those of you that have basements, you understand that shelter, it, it, does, not, uh, it does not prevent the storm from coming. It just protects you once the storm comes. And thank God tonight, He's my shelter and He protects me when the storm comes. Amen. I was asked this question a thousand times over, especially by family. Chris, what are you going to do if you don't get to travel in evangelism anymore? Can I say I didn't start serving God? I didn't start preaching for God just because I was an evangelist with a full calendar. My friend, I serve God and I preach for God because I love Him and thank God He loves me tonight. Child of God, he is still our protection. Amen. Look at it with me. I'll tell you why we can keep calm and carry on. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. I'm present. Be not dismayed, for I'm thy God. I'm personal. I will strengthen thee. I'm powerful. Yea, I will help thee. I'm your protection. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. I'll tell you why you and I can keep calm and carry on, not only in this storm, but in the next and the next, because number five, God is my preservation. He's my preservation. He said, I will uphold thee. 
with the right hand of my righteousness. God's very nature is to preserve, to help, to sustain His children. He supports us. He holds us up. Just as Aaron and her, and her upheld and supported Moses' arms as they fought the enemy, God is holding you and I up in this world of war. Job 4.4, the Bible says, Thy words have upholden him that was falling, and thou hast strengthened the feeble knees. There's nothing else in this universe that will help you and me like this book that I hold in my hand. This book is quick, it's alive, it's powerful. Many people in this world, they're falling in their sin. Their knees are weak, they're feeble. But thank God His Word will sustain us. It will prop us up. We're preserved by His will. And child of God, you and I can keep calm and carry on because He's present, He's personal, He's powerful, He's our protection. And he's our preservation. Reminded of a story of an old country doctor, only doctor's office in the town, only one good Baptist Bible preaching church in town as well. And the doctor was a member of that church and he was a good godly man, was a deacon in the church. And his dearest friend on earth was also a member of that church, but this time in his life he was terminally ill. And the doctor not only had to battle between giving him medical advice, but also had to battle with his heart broken for his friend that was now terminally ill. And it was very evident that his friend was just knocking on death's door, didn't have very long to live, and the friend was in the doctor's office one day and they were sitting there in the office there and his friend began to tell him, he said, I know that I'm saved. He said, I know Christ is my Savior. I know heaven is my home. He said, but I'm just a little bit fearful of the unknown, fearful of just passing over to the other side and just fearful of the unknown. And he says, is there anything you can help me with, doctor, to just help me with that? As far as you got anything to tell me or anything to say about that? And the doctor was fighting back the tears because not only was he his dearest friend, but he was also his doctor. And the doctor was trying to find the words to tell his dear friend. And all of a sudden, the doctor's office door comes swinging open. And it was the doctor's dog. And the doctor looked at that dog and he said, You know, he said, when, as a Christian, when we pass over to the other side, he said, it's kind of like that dog that come busting up in this office here. He said, that dog did not know what was on the other side of the door. The only thing he did know is he knew that his master was there. And child of God, I don't know what next week holds. I don't know what 2021 holds, but I do know this. I know that my God is there and I can just keep calm and carry on whatever comes my way. Let's stand all across the building tonight. Why don't we just meet at the altar tonight? And why don't we just thank God for who He is tonight, amen? He's a good God. He's a powerful God. He's a personal God. He's a present God. 
He's worthy for our praise tonight. As the pianist begins to play tonight, let's meet across the altar. Young men that are surrendered to preach. Don't be concerned on whose platform you'll stand on. Don't be concerned on who you'll rub elbows with. Don't be concerned about having your picture on the front page of some Christian news article. You just preach Jesus. And you lift him up. Magnify God. Child of God, can I ask you something? As accessible as God is to us, how accessible have you been to God? He's always with us. His power always comes through. He's a personal God. He's not just the pastor's God. He's your God. He's our protection. He's our preservation. He's been mighty, mighty good to us. I said it earlier in the week, but I'd hate for my testimony to be when I stand before the God of heaven one day like all of us will, that my testimony was that I gave more energy and more effort to the devil as a lost sinner on my way to hell than I did for God on my way to heaven. Keep calm and just carry on. Just keep on going forward for God. He's a God that's moving forward. Onward, Christian soldier.